Hello, George. Robert England here. I'm the actor that portrays Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And uh, this little pep talk shout out is courtesy of your buddy, Dan. So I understand that you might be the last remaining Nightmare on Elm Street viewing virgin in the entire Western Hemisphere. Well, as Freddy might say, better late than never. <laughs> Ah, oh, well, anyway, that all ends apparently this coming Monday. So pop that popcorn and uh, reheat that leftover pizza from Saturday night and uh, welcome to my world, bitch. <laughs>Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George just met the man of his dreams. <laughs> hey <laughs> You're so corny. That was, a, that was a good one, though, actually. At, th- at first I was like, corny. And then I'm like, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's good, man. I mean, we I probably like ought to give you like another day or two to see if he creeps up in your, your mm. rim cycles before we really declare him you know, man of your dreams, but here we are, the night you watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. How you doing, George? Fantastic. How's things, Travis? Wonderful. I just took a bath before we came over, and damn it if those knives didn't come up through my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to George. That's why I was late. <laughs> <laughs> you were almost fell victim to... Yeah. You know, you were almost one of the hundreds of people who die sleeping Turn, in the bathtub. Yeah, it turns every out year. Uh, I asked my children to empty the dishwasher, and <laughs> that happened. So, yeah. I'm like, why are these knives in the bathtub? Those bastards. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's what you get for trying to make your children do manual labor. Yeah. It's what you get for trying to take a bath at 7 o'clock at night. True. Now, George, you <sighs> have seen Freddy versus Jason. A very, 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 very long time ago. So you had a a basic idea of what to expect. Did this movie live up to your initial expectations? I was actually pretty much what I expected, yeah. It's a totally different phrase. I mean, did it live up to my expectations? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect much, but yeah, it lived up to my (laughs) expectations. (laughs) What I noticed was, even though it's, it's, this is one of those nostalgic Travis movies. Like, if I were to watch this for the first time today, after watching other movies, it struggles. I don't think it holds up with today's standards. No. Sarcastic, George, is the end of the building. Sarcastic. (laughs) But for what it is, it's necessary. It's a necessary movie. Sure. To watch. Because without this movie, you don't get probably a hundred other movies. Probably more than that. Now, George, I have a feeling that uh, Mr. Robert England might need a progress report. How are you enjoying his world, 
Bitch? Bitch? <laughs> who is Robert Englund? Oh my god. The guy who sent the actor video that plays... message that was like, Welcome to my the... world, bitch. Oh yeah, he plays uh he Frederick. Plays Frederick. Frederick. <laughs> Frederick Crew Frederick Crew Egger. Frodo Kruger. This is a crossover with the <laughs> Lord of the Frederick. Rings. It's Frodo Kruger. It's Frederick Kroger. Get out of my dreams, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> or would you say Fredo? You said Frodo, right? No. I said <laughs> different impression. <laughs> I said Frederick Kroger. Kroger. Like the grocery store. Super, supermarket. Yeah, he attacks yeah. you with uh, fresh vegetables and not with knives. <laughs> and and low ass prices. What's funny is the bitch. Is the ca- <laughs> the cameo <laughs> was the new Freddy, not the old Freddy. Like. <laughs> He's at eleven in that cameo. Yeah, there wasn't so a lot of right. screaming in this one. It's it's more mocking than it is. Yeah, you don't get that Freddy till a couple years. Yeah. I actually really dig this movie up until a certain point. There is a there is a moment I can point to after which I don't care for this movie. But it's right when, at the end, and then the rest of it's good. Yeah. And I really dig this movie. Wait, can I guess what it is? Yeah. Is it when when mom is absorbed by the bed. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment where he throws the blanket on the burning pile of mom and Freddy. Mm, and I'm yeah. like, okay, just stop. I love this movie. And then if it plays a second more, I hate this movie. What the hell? I have an issue kind of like you did with The Exorcist. Like, I, I friggin' love this movie. It's perfect. Until he comes to the real world. And that's where they mm. lose me. Because I don't... I obviously it's hard to grasp that as a real thing without introducing any other supernatural things in the movie. I find it hard to tell what is real and what is a dream. True. So I'm thinking real world and then I'm also thinking maybe not. Well, it goes along the lines of poltergeist like if other people are seeing it then it, then it is happening. It's not an illusion done by Freddy or the ghosts or whatever. Right, right. But um, we're talking about the last scene when she like when she hugs him and her alarm goes off, mm-hmm. and he's in the real world now, right? Yes. That could theoretically just be a continuation of her dream. It could be because when she says this isn't real, you're not real, and then he dives at her and he disappears. So she either. A, takes away his power here, or he was never actually really here. You know, there's a thing where the most dangerous parts of flying an aircraft are takeoff and landing. (laughs) (laughs) And Mm -hmm. nobody walked away from this movie, is what I'm saying. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, because even if they felt like all this stuff was good, then they ruined it with the the mom through the portal at the very end. Oh my goodness. The, Which the stinger on this movie very blunt not full yeah. of venom. Yeah. It's a bad stinger. Is what I'm saying. It's a bad stinger. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do my stinger scream but I don't want to blow people's hair ears out. Just go to the back of the room. Did you say hair? <laughs> I don't want to blow people's hair out. Is that what happened to you, Trav? Exactly <laughs> Someone did their their stinger Bitch. scream on you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. God, there are some really good moments in this movie, though. 
but it is hard to ignore the the i mean you know you just watched it your most recent impression is formed by the last 10 minutes of this movie where what he has notes you have notes oh i do have notes it's been a while let's hear some let's hear some noties all right i want you to sing the notes no please (laughs) don't don't sing them i'll scream the we're not far enough into the episode to get weird yet (laughs) a dramatic reading nightmare on elm street George's notes. We need some theme music here. First note. When we recast this movie today, John Mayer is Glenn. Okay. Eh? Doesn't that motherfucker look like John Mayer? I mean, he's got that weird poofy 50s haircut in the middle of the 80s, but John Mayer doesn't have a poofy haircut. He just has brown hair. I know, but I think you've got Mayer on your mind, dude. I think that you need to take a picture of Mayer and take a picture of Glenn and put them side by side and put it on social media and be like, is this the same motherfucker? And see what people say. Does George All know right. who plays Glenn? I, he, looks really, he looks really <laughs> familiar. <laughs> All right. When we watched Friday the 13th, yeah. there was, there was a, a one person in that movie that sticks out. Which Friday the 13th? The, the first very one? first one. He actually has a kill named after him. On our show. It's not on a, our show. It's not official, but we were gonna make Reverse a luge? cartoon no. of the no. Who's the major celebrity in Friday thirteenth one? Takes it through the throat. Bacon? Yes, bacon. So this movie has that kind of character that kind of person in this movie. And that's Glenn? Yeah, and his name is not John Mayer. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Mr. Depp. <laughs> That's Johnny Depp? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, Shut the fuck up. That's Shut Johnny the... Depp? That is Johnny Depp. <laughs> Holy fuck. Which is why oh, Jesus. the casting of Skeet Ulrich in Scream is so good because he plays the Johnny Depp character and he's basically Johnny Depp. He's a poor man's Johnny Depp. <laughs> okay, okay, that's that's all well and good, but this motherfucker is Johnny Depp, though. That's Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. This is I like, pr- is this pre Twenty One Jump first Street movie? This is his first movie, I think. Dude, I think he was on Twenty One Jump Street, but I'm not sure. Dude, I'd have to Google that. No, that was after. That's two this or three years tw- later. Yeah, the the okay. Twenty One Jump Street uh, is from eighty seven to ninety. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is eighty four. Well, that's cool, Johnny Depp. Yeah, looked like John Mayer when he was younger. Cool, <laughs> um, <laughs> Glenn. Okay, so this is the first movie that I listened to. I I, di- I had a different setup for this movie than I normally have. I normally have my couch, my TV, and my sound bar. I didn't do that this time. I went headphones mm. this time, and I think this was the perfect movie to do headphones yeah, on. It makes everything scary. The sound. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I don't know if it was just my setup was like that much better, or if the sound in this movie is just really good. It's good. Just like the sound effects and the music and the soundtracks and like just, it's good, man. Well, it's purposely made to kind of be in a theater where you hear the nails screeching behind you, then they're on your left. Like Mm -hmm. if you're sitting in the movie theater, Jurassic Park did this really well with digital. Like you almost hear the dinosaur run around you. Yeah, like you'll hear it on the right side speakers, and it goes behind you, and then yep. the left side. So this movie back then in the theater, 
I'm assuming, because I was only nine, uh, was that way. Like, you just hear that screech around you, the, all the speakers. So I'm assuming listening in your headphones was probably yeah, really sweet. Like, when, when Nancy's in her bedroom and and Freddie's throwing rocks at her window. Freddie or Gore? No. Freddie? Freddie's throwing rocks at her window. Yeah, and like a rock gets like... Does he hold up a boombox? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> There's like a rock that gets embedded in the window. Okay. And it was Freddie, right? Because I think he was saying her name too. Anyways, doesn't matter. When the rocks hit the window, it's like everything, all the sound is happening in your like right ear mm-hmm. when like you're watching the scene and then the, when the rock goes tick, it's like boom, left ear. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's over there. It's over. It's, it's the window. It's you should there. probably watch a couple other movies that we've already watched with headphones on. I probably should. <laughs> I'm I'm never going back now. Yeah, he's never going. You got to get those like seven point one simulating headphones so you can hear behind you and in front of you too. Yeah, yeah. that's good shit. Yeah, but the music was good too. Like it kind of rocked. It's got a cool aesthetic, man. It's like kind of a nursery rhyme, kind of hell, in rock yeah. and rolly, and yeah, it's good. Yep, it's very good score. It was like a. Uh, what was that movie that you showed us? Um, it was a it was a really weird movie that when shit was going down, it was like hardcore rock and roll that was like blaring. Oh, phenomena, yeah, phenomena. Okay, yeah, phenomena. It was like a classy version of mm-hmm. that, you know, where like the like the the rock and the beat. It was like it was there, but it was there because like Freddie fucking rocks. Right, that's why. Well, it's cool how they kind of show you. In the beginning, you can completely tell what's dream sequence, what's not. Like they purposely yes. make the like the girls jumping rope, everything's in slow motion, they're yep. singing, it completely looks like a dream. And then the further you get through the movie, when she realizes who he is, she sees him in her dream, she sees him in the boiler room, she takes his hat, everything just kind of meshes. And the lines and get very blurred. Yeah, blurred. Yes. Like that that scene in the alleyway. There was a bunch. I Which love one? that scene where he like is standing at the end of the alley and then he like stretches his arms. The arm mm-hmm. stretch is awesome. The arm stretch is awesome. I really honestly wish they would have spent more money on that because you could tell it was just him holding fake arms. But it's like it's such it's such iconic thing that you would probably see in your dreams. Like I've had that dream even before I've seen this movie. Like it's just one of those things. Yeah, that, like, yeah, that's exactly that, like some shit that you would, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Well, and then Good his shit. line, you know, this is God, right? And then the mm-hmm. way he runs, and it almost looks like mm-hmm. the glove is like pulling him toward her, which is the way he's running with his arms out. It's really bizarre and yeah, the super shadows, nightmarish. And he's like crouched down. He's like real, ugh. <laughs> he's scary. I, I, I mean, obviously he's not scary to me because I've, but it's, it, the imagery of this movie they weren't going for hardly any comedy whatsoever in this movie. So it's like you're getting a maniacal Freddy. Yeah. Well, yeah, one thing I noticed was like it it's not like if you compare Freddy and Jason, right? Jason is not there to scare you. No. He's there to kill you. He's a revenge killer. Right. He's just there to kill you. Yes, you're scared, but that's like, he doesn't care if you're scared or not. Mm-hmm. All he cares is that you're dead, right? Word. Freddy is like, like you said, like maniacal, like like he gets off scaring, right? 
before he kills somebody. Well, that's that's something that I think they kind of touch on why he, like before he was even Freddy Krueger burned in your dreams, like the real life Fred Krueger was a child killer. Mm-hmm. So he would kidnap children, torture them, and kill them. And we all know what that does. It's like an adrenaline thing. It's a it's, right. It's, it's it's he gets off on. But it. yeah, I mean, he in in some of these chases, like he could, especially in the dreams, because like in the dream sequences, like he can do anything. He can stretch his freaking arms out. Mm-hmm. He can jump, like basically like teleport. Like you're running away from him, and then he appears in front of you. Like he could have had these kids dead fifty times. Toys with them before. He actually kills him, right? He's like a cat. So it's kind of like, it's got that element, which I think is why people like Freddy so much. Because, mm-hmm. like, he enjoys scaring the shit out of people before well, he kills them. if you think about it, 84, Jason was 80, Leatherface was 74, is that right? Yeah, 73, 74. 74, 73, Michael Myers, 78. Like, you really didn't get a wisecracking talking killer rarely right and when you don't have a talking killer you don't get insight you don't get in their head you don't get to know what they're thinking right with him and when we watch too you'll you'll see even more like you get you get everything you get to see what he's thinking and and that's what makes him probably better than most in my eyes like as a killer once they start going into the comedy and then the you see child's play comes out and which is another wisecracking killer you start seeing they're just trying to one-up each other on funny as opposed to being maniacal which right. i i like the maniacal freddy better word yeah i do too now did you recognize the dad the mm. the cop had you seen him in anything before george oh god who is he well, his name is john saxon and his first IMDb credit is from like 1954. Mm. But he's in everything <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even as far back as he's in, check this out. He's in a movie called The Girl Who Knew Too Much, which we've talked about on the show when Troy was on, mm. because it is the official, unofficial, official first ever Jalo. Now, is it an American Giallo or Italian? A real deal Italian one directed by Mario Bava. Wow. Why Why Saxon in it? Was he over there? Did he, he did a lot of work in Italy in the 60s. Okay. But he's an American actor of Italian descent, so he could do the Italian speaking roles, but also, you know, cross over to American films. And we'll see him right. again, I'd say, uh, later this year. A few times, yeah. At least <laughs> once, Yeah. Maybe twice. I just watched mm-hmm. him in The Last Dragon. Not Last Dragon. Uh, <laughs> the Last Dragon. <laughs> I watched... <laughs> that's not what I was watching. Isn't that like the new Disney <laughs> flick? <laughs> no, The Last Dragon's like a, a black exploitation 80s comedy version of like Bruce Lee movies. Oh, no. there. Yeah, uh, there's a... Yeah, there's a Disney flick. It's like Enter the Dragon. Raya, Raya and the Last Dragon or something. Or something yeah. Is like Enter that. the Dragon the one with Chuck Norris? Enter the Dragon, I think it's the one with uh, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I think Chuck Norris is in there. It's it's kind of like the Mortal Kombat without all the costumes. It's like they all kind of converge in this area in, in China, and they do this big tournament of champions. 
I am no expert on the Bruce Lee films, but... It's one of the most iconic Bruce Lee movies. It's the one where he gets the three cuts across the chest and the face with the big mirrors, and he fights... Oh, the, yeah, he yeah. has to fight Actually, all the mirrors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that clip. That is a perfect segue into my next note. Ooh. Oh. Oh. But we, are we putting a pin on John Saxon? Was oh, we'll we we'll talk him? about him plenty going forward, but okay. George will forget. By the next time he sees him. him. So he was, he's a nice guy. Yeah, dude. Know. I'm like with names and faces. I just suck at that well, shit. Well, John Saxon is see awesome. Him a lot. Okay. And we just lost him recently. Man, this show yeah. has become like an immemorium. That bums me out. Wow. I did. I met him at Chiller. Uh, not Chiller. Uh, Monster Mania one year. He was a really nice guy. So my next three notes were, uh, they basically, they kind of go together because they're all about effects. The cuts. Uh, the Tina gut. Like mm. when you see the cuts happen by the invisible Freddy fingers, a cool concept looked terrible, mm. but it was a cool concept. This movie's full of cool concepts. Yeah, that looked terrible. Very cool concept. <laughs> Tina, <laughs> Tina in the body bag. Awesome. Oh my While God. Nancy was napping in English class, was so cool. Yes, and looked good because well, I, mean, I guess I guess it's easy to put a body in a clear body bag and like put some blood in yeah, there. Yeah, but even having it like dragged with the legs up. Yes. That was all cool. Yes. What took me out of that scene was the hall monitor. Yeah. Like it's like you have this eerie Well, that's cool kind scene. of what I mean, obviously, I mean Tina in the body bag could have been a hallucination. Right. But I think the hall monitor made it Comedic. definitely a dream. Right. Like that's that's when you definitely like oh she's definitely dreaming it's not a hallucination it's not but it's supposed to give nuts. you pause because you're like oh a hall monitor oh my gosh she ran out of class and ran into a hall monitor now she's mm. awake ooh nope no gotcha she's still asleep ways. so it's meant right. to toy with that concept of yeah perception but yeah just in case like a floating body in the hallway was real to you right <laughs> well yeah like obviously it's a See, you, but you're really, really not that far into the movie for someone who hasn't watched it before. Right. I don't know if it's a dream or not. I, my first instinct was hallucination. Right. Right. Like traumatic, post-traumatic stress. Yeah. yeah. Well, and she hasn't yeah. slept in days. That kind of stuff could happen. What was your third effect there, George? Your third effect? Oh, you know, I, it's just the, the next time you see Tina in the body bag, it's in like the next one of Nancy's dream sequences and she's got like bugs crawling out of her mouth and oh like, yeah snakes, that, that snakes or worms mm, or whatever big old centipede and I was, like, comes flying out yeah i kind of thought that was a little much just a little much it was a little much her in the body bag in the hallway was so good mm-hmm. and then they like kind of made it they made really it hokey yeah her death was good yeah they they utilized that rotating room it was very it was very exorcist mm-hmm her death. That was a big thing in the 80s to do the rotating room. Yeah. To have somebody on the ceiling and then on the walls. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's a cool way to film that. That's how they did the the Glenn kill as well. Uh, yeah. Glenn, who's played by Johnny Depp. You might have heard of him, George. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Mayer Depp. In one of wow. the most awesome, iconic, crazy, just what the hell moments in yeah. slasher cinema when the whole room just becomes like the science project volcano of blood. Geyser. No 3M yeah, blood not in this even, movie. 
There's Ooh. not even that much blood in a person's body. <laughs> of course not. What the <laughs> that's, fuck? That's what the cops don't the cops say that when they come <laughs> like they're like, You don't want to go in there. <laughs> it's like ugh. You don't need a stretcher up there, you need a mop. Yeah. It's a pretty a good line. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was full of one liners like yeah. that. Well, and you have to admit, like the the murder set pieces, you know, these big graphic kills. Compared to even a Friday the 13th part three or four, like we're next level, like complexity, you know, the rules are out the window, like the kill itself becomes the star of all these set pieces, not the implement, not the setup living in the moment. With Freddy, it's like the weapon of choice is always the same. (laughs) Like at least his blade, it's his glove for a while. So yeah, (laughs) once they start going down the, the rabbit hole, but. Yeah, so the creativity doesn't come from the weapon. It comes from the actual kill. Yeah. He's got a little Wolverine in him. Mm. A little bit. I love the opening sequence of him building the glove. Like that's... Kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Which was played by John Mayer. <laughs> most right. people, most people don't Mayer. know. He's pretty good in that movie. I like how they do the weird like aspect ratio <laughs> inset. At the beginning when they're doing the background, like, it's just, I don't know, there's something off-putting about the way that they, like, frame it kind of in the screen, but it gives Mm -hmm. you that impression that it is, you know, a flashback or exposition separate from the actual narrative. Like, it's effective, but it's, like, gross. And by being gross, I like it better. Mm -hmm. So my next note. Next note. Comes from the sleep study scene. (laughs) Okay. What's with the sensor on her chin? What the fuck are they sensing on her chin? <laughs> quivers. <laughs> Jaw tension? Like, you don't know your, your chin quivers when you sleep? And, no, when you're in like rim? seriously. I, like, there was, like, I couldn't. <laughs> I'm like watching the scene and I'm like, I'm like, all right, just ignore the sensor on her chin. What's going well, I'm pretty on in the sure scene? The, Pay attention. the M in rim stands for mandible, right? Mandible, right. Yeah. Rapid eye mandible. <laughs> That's what the... Mandible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously watching the scene. Are we doing Predator next? And they keep touching it. Like, <laughs> like they keep, you know, it's like, you know, they're putting the sensors on. Right. And they like, I guess the one on her chin kept like coming loose. So they keep like touching it and shit. And I'm like, I'm trying to ignore that. <laughs> because what the fuck is it? What are you sensing there? What do you What want? are you measuring on her lip? Um. So, anyways, that was just a what the fuck. The like, whole time I'm watching that scene, I'm just thinking about how awesome of an actress Linda Blair was. Right. <laughs> I'm and like, and I'm shit, this and girl. I'm trying not to pay attention to the dream sensor on this girl's lip. Like, do you realize that like 12 year old Linda Blair blows everybody in this movie out of the water, acting wise? Like, if we had Linda Blair playing Nancy, or yeah. a Linda Blair type playing these kids, yeah. Because Craven's not very good at directing actors, <gasps> per se. Like, how could you say that? He j- he just pretty much lets them do what they do. Like, I don't think he's involved a lot in the acting direction. He's I think more... he just focuses on snappy dialogue. Because if you think yeah, about Scream, yeah. yeah. Now, George, are you aware that the same director that did Scream did this movie? because uh, we know that. And no. everybody listening knows that, but you should probably no. have that pointed out to you at some well, point. Well, we pointed that out because he was the janitor in Scream. Wes Craven was the janitor. Right. In the, the janitor was the Freddy dressed up like Freddy, yes. Right. 
So this was one. That's of that's interesting because I guess it's funny because Wes Craven is like obviously creating Scream, which is like a like an homage slash spoof mm-hmm. of all these slasher movies that he helped create. <laughs> but f- but n- there was no Freddy, right? In Scream, and that's why you're watching this now, and you didn't have to watch it before because. Right, but that's that's his movie, and he left right. that out of his movie. Well, Scream. she makes one reference to Freddy, but there wasn't enough references to Freddy in Scream for us to really worry about it being watched. But what's yeah. funny is you know what I'm saying? Nightmare on Elm Street itself, especially the first time you're with the main cast walking down the street, it is yes. Scream. Like it doesn't yes. need to reference yeah. Scream. Scream doesn't need to reference it because they are the same movie. Exactly. For a little bit. Yeah. There. Visually. Yeah. Very much Scream so. borrows from this movie a lot. Like when when you go back, because it's almost like watching Shaun of the Dead after you've gotten enough movies under your belt. Right. You go back and watch Scream now after watching this, and those scenes of them sitting in the park talking. Yeah. And the bedroom scene where Billy goes to her room, knocks on the window, and mm-hmm. goes in her room. Like all of that is is Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. The, the school scenes. The lockers like all that stuff is just this movie interesting well and one thing so, that's entered the like internet zeitgeist this year for some reason the shirt that uh rose mcgowan's character in scream wears hmm. is a an, an adaptation of the jersey that johnny depp gets killed in right and so people i've seen online crafty people and etsy type people are like making that shirt now for you to buy that's funny if you want a crop top that's one part scream one part nightmare and for some reason 2021 the year of the johnny depp crop top and 21 jump street oh 2021 (laughs) jump street (laughs) yeah this makes me want to watch scream again but yeah, she only says, I think uh, Drew Barrymore says, uh, is that the one with the guy with the knives for fingers? So that's the only thing she says. Yeah, that's not even. That's not really a big, I mean, you already knew that. I wish I could, I was like uh, a Jedi. You want your beer? Yeah. <laughs> He's reaching or, to the beer, Dan. He's like or, trying to move that shit the, with his what's mind. What's the opposite of a Jedi? Uh, a Sith. Sith, yes. Okay. I I don't care which a Jedi or a Sith as well, long as I can gray. as they're long as now. I can move objects with my mind. That's what I want right now. Oh, thank you, Travis. Travis handed me my other beer. Isn't he great? Thank you. It's a watershed you, moment. Travis. I think for the rest of this show, for the next ten, fifteen, twenty years, we're gonna be like, up, oh, Travis. It's time to deliver George's beer to his chair. <laughs> you should have seen him reaching like he honestly thought it was gonna move. <laughs> I was trying. He was trying. No, do or do not. Oh, that's true. Mm. I just. You just did it. Am I Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I am. Because no, you don't want to be a Jedi or a Sith. You I just made, want to be gray. I just, I made the same mistake as Luke did. Mm. I just want to be My... blue. Tapa diba but die. <laughs> what is Nancy's mom drinking? Malibu? What is that? She's been drinking the whole movie, right? I thought it was vodka. I assumed vodka, but I don't drink, so I might be the wrong person to yeah. ask. It's clear, right? The, I thought it was clear. Maybe yeah, was well, just... Malibu's clear, but the bottle looks like Malibu. Okay. Sure it wasn't like weird. ever clear? Yeah, I think the answer to what is her mom drinking is everything within reach. 
Alcohol. <laughs> she's like a fish. Alcohol. She's well suppressing her uh, her guilt for murdering a bad guy. No, I feel guilty about that. Oh, perfect segue into my next note. Boiler room scene. We're talking about the mom and Nancy. Oh, where she finds a glove. This doesn't make anything any better. Right. And she keeps saying, she keeps saying like, oh, I wish I, like, I should have told you earlier. I should have, like, that was going to help. That wouldn't help. Yeah, just put this guy in his little kid's brain earlier. Yeah, that would help. None of this is helping. The whole time that shit's happening, I'm thinking to myself, the movie I want to watch is everything she's talking about. <laughs> I want to, yeah, true. I want to watch that movie. They did a TV show, but it it was done in the wrong time period. So it was like, if it was made today, it would have been a lot more serious. It would have been really good. But back then it was like just eye yeah. candy. So the glove was hidden in what looked like a like a wood-burning stove or some kind of furnace or something it's in the basement. It's an old furnace. Yeah. Okay. That's where the glove was, right? Which could explain the haunting, but they never even touch on that. And during the, the last chase scene, right, where she sets him on fire. Right. Right? She sets him on fire right there, but they're running around this furnace, and I thought for a second that she might grab that grab that glove and put it on. And turn the tables Mm. Tommy Jason style kind of Mm. but like maybe that that glove was like the dream Freddy kryptonite you know okay that would have been pretty fun but that didn't happen it did not happen so that was just me thinking I was like oh the gloves are right there is she gonna put that glove on and that was one of many moments in this movie that kind of overlap with the the iconography of a certain American franchise that I know all three of us love. I'm, of course, referring to Home Alone. Mm. That oh, furnace yeah. is the haunted mm-hmm. furnace from Home Alone, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, the interdimensional Home Alone inception at the end where <laughs> she's <laughs> booby-trapping the house in different yeah. tiers of dreams. That's it's, dude, it's very funny that you alone. say this because my next note well, my next note was about Glenn's death, and I thought it was interesting because an adult witnessed it. But let let's just blow past that because then I I wrote down Nancy prepping is dope. Talk about a strong female character. Nancy is not fucking around. And then the next note is spooky Home Alone chase scene at the end was good <laughs> until Mom sunk into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget the uh, Home Alone two lo- uh, cassette manipulation. When Glenn is talking to his mom at the beginning of the movie and he uses the sound effects on a boombox. Yes. Yeah. I yes. mean, that's only that's one or two degrees Ferris away. Yeah. I mean, guys, this movie is an 80s movie, I will say. Yeah. yeah. It's also a Home Alone prequel. <laughs> I like it. So, my final thoughts about the end, the end, end. Okay. Um, I. S- I wrote down, I, I thought she had him with the whole taking his power away thing. Um, but then the morning after was just too perfect. reminded me of Friday the 13th. Mm. So when I saw it, and it was like hazy and bright, and like all of her friends were alive still, I'm like, damn, this yeah. is not gonna go, this is not good, <laughs> man. It's not ending well. So 
but my it's it's not not a big problem. There's lots of problems, but Nancy's reaction to the convertible, like the Christmas sweater convertible roof, yeah, which was by the way, um, her reaction (laughs) is like, it's like this is Nancy. Her reaction shouldn't be, Mom, oh my God, help! It's like, okay. This is a dream. Yeah, grab it by the horns. Deal with this. She's already done it. You don't have any power over me. You She's know, it's just like... beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I wrote down, you, you would think at this point she would be like, well, I'm still dreaming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just... I don't know. I kind of feel like it's normal at that point. Like, this is not a new twist for her. Right. And she she reacts totally different after having that character arc and getting over that. She goes back to being like a whimpering little child about it again. Uh, the only thing I can think of hell? is is the thing with Nancy was she was strong in the real world. She was defiant. She was outspoken. She was direct. But in the dream sequences, she was a little bit more of a damsel. In almost all of them, until the very end, when she, I guess, thought she was in the real world. Right. And okay. she was more empowered so that by the char- traps and that everything. So that character arc happens. Right. And then you go back to a dream where Freddy's going to try and kill her again, and and she's back to being, mm-hmm. you know, a damsel. It, it's also... It's not consistent, that's all I'm saying. Right. But I it's, like it's the way an they... 80s way to end a film that you really don't want it to be closed. You don't want closure because sequels were like a big thing. Like studios were like, yeah, we got to leave it open-ended. Every movie has a Michael Myers dent on the lawn, basically. Right. <laughs> like no one ends anything definitely for about a, a decade and a half because they know this is our cash cow. If people like it, we're gonna make ten of them. So yeah, I hate money, and man. I, money sucks; it ruins everything. And the thing with Nightmare on Elm Street is they they actually did a good thing and made a good sequel. So it's like you're you're invested because you just watched a good sequel. So now the third one comes around, you're definitely gonna go watch that. And the I third wonder, one is I a, wonder when I'm gonna have a chance to watch the next one. I don't know. Yeah. On your own time, maybe. I think we said last week you were going to watch Yeah, we said last week. Yeah. And uh, three is, like Dan said, he doesn't really like three, but it's it's different enough to where it's a good sequel because they didn't rehash. People love three, man. Just because I don't like it. People love it, man. Yeah. I love three because it it takes, like, things that that, uh, are special, like like Cuckoo's Nest. It kind of takes that aspect of, of... you know what happens to these kids when they are affected, have this post-traumatic stress syndrome, and they're all put in the same place. They're all Freddy victims. It's a good idea. It's ambitious and it's well written. It's ambitious. Hey, and so that's when you start getting your Freddy that's like off the chain. We were talking about consistency of like the dreams versus the reality versus the overlap. There's one part that just blows my mind because it does not fit with the rest of the narrative, and that's when Depp is watching. Glenn is watching Heather uh, Langenkamp sleep, Nancy. And 
she's like, hey, am I okay? And he like pops up in her dream and is like, thumbs up, you're good. <laughs> and he does like the Michael Myers pop out of the bushes, but from the wrong side. So right. that's like a cool shot because you're like, ooh, it's Michael. No, it's Johnny Depp. Uh, it's John Mayer. It's John Mayer. <laughs> He's going to play a solo. Uh, <laughs> so, Freddy so, Krueger. Yeah, how about Freddy Krueger? How about those notes? How about those notes? Well, it sounds like you didn't hate the movie. No. Did you catch the the poltergeist feeling moment where Glenn's about yes. to get pulled into the uh, bed and he's yes. falling asleep and the Star Spangled Banner is playing at the end of the day broadcast yes. and it's yes. like, ooh, which yes. movie am I watching? I was like, well, <laughs> yes. actually, I was like, what time is it? And I was like, it's midnight. And I was like, nah, that doesn't play until like 2 or two 3 a.m. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that was very poltergeist-ish. Is that a word? And then his kill was very poltergeist-ish yeah. as well. Yeah. Looked like he got dropped into a blender. Yeah. My favorite part is the TV goes into the hole, too. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like he just pulls <laughs> everything in. Yeah. But see, I don't shit. think it's too inconsistent that an adult would see that happening, because up to this point, the murders are happening, and it's just random awake parties who are witnessing the other end of it, right? So... So far, it had only been the boyfriend noticing, you know, watching the murder happen. But I don't think they had established that he was, like, interconnected with it. And that's why it's so jarring, right? Because he's awake in the real world, and she's just flopping around the rotating room. Same thing here. Mm -hmm. The mom walks in, and it's just like, whoa! What? What? Right, but on the first one, he gets accused of killing so you think they had to accuse the mom be like mom threw him in a blender you can't accuse the mom that's why it's this is this is ridiculous there's a hole in the dude's bed that's the narrative right we've progressed from like plausible uh you know murder by a boyfriend up through implausible deniable mom involvement so it the Mm. the story itself is accelerating at this point to where they're running out of people to blame not to right. mention the elephant in the room of this whole movie is how judgmental these parents are of these kids. They're when very all of them, judgy. With pitchforks and torches, all of them went to that refinery and torched that man to death. Like they all are capable of murder. Yes. And covering it up. So. Yeah, who the fuck are they? Who the fuck are <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even realize that, but you're right. That's always in the back of my mind when I watch these movies. It's like how judgmental the parents get about, you know, whether the kid is having these things. And they're like, oh, you know, you're fine. Go to school. You know. Well, yeah, but whatever. you would think that like, you know, you know, dude, dude is accused of murdering his girlfriend. And like, if you were someone who had, you know, done what you needed to do, because let's be honest, you know, killing Frederick Kroger. Mm-hmm. Um, when they did in the fashion that they did after what had happened, it's kind of like, you know, Texas justice, you know, just doing what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? I just and no one would shooter. say, and no one would say that that's wrong. Did you see the shooter? Yes. I've okay. Seen that, so yes. the very end of the shooter, when he says, when the, 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 uh, attorney general says to Mark Wahlberg's character, he's like, listen, it's like the wild, wild west out there. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, go take care of it. Right. 
go do what you have to do. So anyway, that's that's what they should have been. These parents should have been a lot more involved on a sympathetic level of what their kids are going through when they're all talking about the same guy, the same situation, yes. based on the guy the parents killed. So the parents are pretty involved. They should be a lot more. Understanding. Oh, see, I thought you were talking about how judgmental they were of uh, the boyfriend. I can't remember well, they were his judge- name. They were judge- judgmental, Glenn. The bo- no, the boyfriend that killed himself in the jail cell. Oh, or uh, that Tina's thought- boyfriend. Yeah. Um, the hell was his name? Rod or something like that? or Ruby Rod? No. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But they're like, oh, he's a killer and he's a blah, blah, blah. Like, you would think that if you had killed someone and, like, it was, like, warranted that you might like just stop and be like well you know maybe 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 he had a decent reason you know we don't know well that we're not in his head the girl was the girl was gutted on the ceiling (laughs) like can we all just discuss how supernatural let's not not jump to conclusions here let's get the full story you know you would think that that would be their reaction right the people that built that house never should have put in that rotating room it makes it hard to explain what happened in it now, guys, is this movie about Iran Contra? Because I'm starting to get a feeling it's about Iran Contra. <laughs> you know, this whole like, oh, we are the authoritative, judgmental leadership, and you punk kids don't know anything. Also, don't ask any questions about Nicaragua. I don't know. I did notice that Nancy was reading a Ronald Reagan book in the beginning. <laughs> what, the one about booby traps? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> a little light reading she just stops by the military yeah. surplus store and buys a bunch of what movie is it where they're reading is it one of Ollie these North? where they're reading a bunch of like fields i watched a slasher movie recently where they're literally like reading is it red dawn no i want to say it's one of uh-huh. these where okay nancy or one of the characters is reading like the field manuals for improvised explosives and stuff that she's gotten from yes, the military that's surplus Yes, that's what I was just referencing. Is that this it was movie? Like, yeah, okay. Was yes. that in this movie? Yes. Yeah. It was like about booby traps. Yeah. <laughs> Booty traps. What do they what what do they call it though? They called it something they made it sound more official, like it was like uh, uh personnel uh personnel tactical, tactical Jason. <sighs> I don't know. When I was a kid it was Tom and Jerry and Tom would draw that shit on a chalkboard. <laughs> Yeah, but it was, but it was like it was improvised explosives and and personnel elimination or something, okay. I, some shit like that. So that is, the, I, think, I have seen all these movies. I watched them all in a row a couple of months ago, so it all runs together for me. But hmm. uh, that was a mistake. Don't watch them all in a row. Yeah, I'll do that. One, two, skip I a re- few. Jason versus Freddy. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one, two, three, then skip. Yeah, it. most people love three. It's true. Yeah. The four has one cool sequence in it. They all have mm-hmm. one moment where you're like, yeah. okay, that was they cool. A, yeah, that was cool. But yeah. I I stop at three. <laughs> Although New Nightmare is really good. Yeah. So Compared to the others, yeah, it's it's a good conclusion. Is this a safe space? I think so. I like the remake. I like it a lot. Mm. It's my third favorite Freddy movie. 
Well, can't debate opinions. I've only seen it once, and it was at a theater, <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> and we almost killed my friend that night. Sorry, Steve. Uh, so maybe I just remember it because it was such a fun night, but like Freddy was gross and I didn't like him Yeah, and I wanted him to be defeated and go away. But see, that's fine. I get that. And, and, and I think I kind of discussed with you how I would re would have remade. And I think that's why I get angry about the remake yeah. is because it's, it a does not do anything new or change or fix or, you know, uh, magnify stuff that's not handled in the original. I, I like disagree I, because they do one thing in the remake, which <clears throat> George will watch eventually, maybe, probably not. But they do one thing that they tease and you're like, oh, that'd be an interesting twist. And they don't really follow through on it as strongly as they could. But like, even by not following through on it, it's still an effective gut punch. So yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. You could probably say it. Well, there's the whole. George ain't going to watch it. They introduce doubt. For a part of the movie where you're like, oh, God, what if he was just accused and was killed by a vigilante mob and he actually didn't do it? And then I'm yeah. like, oh, that's really cool. That's actually, a good idea. That's a good like idea. That. But then they're yeah. like, oh, never mind. He really did it. And not only <laughs> did really he did do it. it, here's stuff that you don't want to see. And it's yeah, just like, he was molesting oh, them before gross. he was killing them. Yeah, so like, gross. That was always like the unsaid thing in the They in said the, the quiet part loud, and I just made a face yeah. like, this movie's gross. And I think that's where people checked out, because they were like, oh, man, my favorite slasher guy is a gross guy. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. we all knew he was gross. Like, get on board. See, that's not why I checked out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always thought Freddy was a smarmy, kind of disgusting character. Uh, You know, when you think about... His origins, yeah, the guy gets lost over the next couple years, but he's still who he is. My issue with the remake is a visually. I I said this before. The makeup was too realistic. I love the guy who played him. Rorschach. I've loved him forever. Yeah, I love him. So I love cool. that guy. Uh, and he's a perfect pick. Kevin Bacon, I could see playing that part as well, but. He's a perfect pick, and I just think if it was done the way... You know, the recent Godzilla movie, they paid homage to the original, but did so many things visually and story-wise where you can be like, all right, this is a complete Godzilla movie without really... I can't really compare it to the original. I'm just going to let it stand on its own. Even though it is a Godzilla movie, it's on its own. Same thing with the Friday the 13th remake. They did their own thing. They took one and two, combined it in the one movie, and then did a shit ton of badass things that make it stand alone as one of the better Jason movies. And they referenced every movie at one point Absolutely. or another, which if you guys haven't heard our episode on that one, go listen yeah, to that. Check it out, because we gush a little bit <laughs> over Mr. Mears. It's um, beautiful. So with this one, I was like, okay, they they did the same exact sweater, same exact hat, same exact glove but it's a little bit different to the glove the character is played creepy but looks like an alien like i i would have much rather seen him look like two-face did in dark knight than the way he they basically made him look like you a, want him a, a, crispy a you don't want, I want him... him to i want him detailed i want to see his eyebrow his, I don't want to see eyebrows because I know they will be gone. I want to see, see his, his lack of eyebrows. I want to see <laughs> his facial definition. Like Robert England, ha- he's a caricature 
he's got the nose shape, he's got the chin, he's got the his mouth. Like you can see the, all the they call him pizza face. Like you could see all the the different layers of skin on top of each other. Like to me, that made him look a lot more sinister. This guy just Natalie looks sad. He just looks sad. Yeah. He looked like a, somebody you would see over at Chop. <laughs> like, Oof. he just looks sad. Like, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> but again, my biggest issue is they didn't, and the same thing with the original, they don't play up the supernatural part of Freddy. They they play up, and they don't touch a lot on his pre-burn Fred Krueger stuff. And I think this movie kind of did that. They show him as Fred Krueger. They show him do some things. A little bit, yeah. But they don't. They don't hit all the marks that I wanted. So I was just like, eh. The, the Freddy part I don't like, and the prequel stuff, meh. So the movie didn't get me the way it should have. Word. But I understand why Dan doesn't like the glorification of a child murderer. But then again, Hannibal Lecter ate people. Yeah, but and the people usually deserved it, right? He's the most likable murderer. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, no. he was always he ate the rude, right? For the benefit of the room. That's true. I don't know. That might be later. That might just be from the Hannibal book after they'd already made him like the hero. Yeah. I did finally rewatch Hannibal, guys. It's okay. It's okay. I could tell who directed it without looking, just based on the shots. I was like, oh, this is a Ridley. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Oh, and it has a guy, uh, the Italian policeman. Guys, he was in Black Belly of the Tarantula back in the 70s. As soon as he popped on screen, I was like, honey, that guy's from Ajalo. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I think he's in Black Belly. She's like, what? <laughs> did, you say, did you say there's a movie called Black Belly of the Tarantula? Black Belly of the Tarantula. <laughs> I've got to see that. So here's the cool thing about Black Belly of the Tarantula. It's about a killer please, who please is tell me. using venom from a tarantula hawk wasp uh-huh. to mm-hmm. paralyze women and then mm-hmm. kill them. Isn't that the Bill Cosby story? So here's the funny thing. I was just going to say that. I was <laughs> just going to say that. Here's the funny thing. Uh, they have footage of a tarantula hawk wasp killing a tarantula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only the footage is a honeybee attacking a small spider because oh. Italy, guys. <laughs> but what's bonkers is... Yeah. This is coming from the guy who would not watch a Marvel film. There just, is a I movie later that uses tarantula hawk wasp footage. And I'm just like, how did you get that footage? Because I thought you could just get honeybees and small spiders. Which that makes me think, guys. It's like you said when we were watching Bird. And the plumage was not very impressive. You were or like, crystal. well, it, it, you know, it could have just been a pigeon because that's what they, they that's what they had access to, <laughs> you know, because it's Italian movies. So you got to look past that. But yeah, just guys, look past it all. It's uh, <laughs> just look past it. It's that it's the same thing where like swing uh, away <laughs> the Simpsons clip. You know, cows don't look like cows. Uh, tarantula hawks and honeybees. Yeah, you can go on YouTube and find nineteen hundred. Videos of a tarantula hawk killing a tarantula. Well, but not, not in, in Italy. Not in 1963 or yeah, when the Black Belly of the Tarantula Killer was shit. coming out. I've been watching tarantula hawks killing tarantulas for decades <laughs> on PBS. Have you ever seen the show Mr. Bean? 
George? Yes. Oh. Mr. Bean How are we is gonna, a show? Are we going to really tie Nightmare on Elm Street with Mr. Bean? I or it is. is Mr. Bean a show or it a movie? A show, yeah. Mr. Bean was a show in England. It's a sketch comedy starring the voice of the toucan from the Lion King cartoon, Rowan Atkinson. He's an amazing physical comedian. Uh, he didn't talk. Okay. He just he would hardly talk at all. Uh, he, he mumbled, but he would communicate visual. I mean, he's just—it's he, the funniest show I've ever yeah, seen. He's great. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I might make you watch one episode tonight after we do this. Okay. <laughs> because years ago, this would have been like nineteen ninety-seven or so. Flipping through the channels one night on my local TV because we didn't have cable because we. Never had cable until I moved out of the house and then my parents got cable. I still hold a grudge. You grew up without cable? No cable, dude. We had four or five. That's why nine, you're so damn smart. 19. Like, He's gone. Dude, it's my why wife I, didn't have cable either. It's why I knew what uh, UPN was. You didn't know what UPN was because you had cable. I had UPN. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm yeah. flipping through and as I cross the PBS channel, I swear I see Freddy Krueger, but I keep scrolling, you know, and then wait a minute, was that Freddy Krueger? And I scroll back. And as I do, this goofy looking guy in a sweater is walking into a movie theater. So I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to see what happens. Guys, Freddy Krueger brought me to Mr. Bean. (laughs) And I never went back. Thank you, Freddy Krueger. That's really the best thing Freddy ever did for me up until that recent cameo was bring me to Mr. Bean, the funniest show out of England. That's funny. So, what's his name? Robert Englund? Robert Robert England brought you to the greatest show. The funniest British comedian. Yeah. Of England. All right, so how about this idea for a movie? There's good and evil. They both use the same, let's call it magic. Right? I've already checked out. Continue. No, it's cool. It's cool. Like, you have to train at it and stuff. And, like, there's, like, you know, like, all kinds of different types of people and aliens could partake in this. Okay. And like it takes plot. place in space. Sounds like the plot of Thor. But okay. And, um... There's lots of like lasers and like blasters. I just have to jump in here. I am concerned for my safety because I just watched A Nightmare on Elm Street and I'm about to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Payo! He's saying that movie sucks. I was describing Star Wars, so it's fine. Uh, How are you? It does. It tracks actually poorly. You ever like George Lucas? You are not. Yeah, yeah, right. You're no Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Sharon Stone. <laughs> Let's face it, Sid. Your mother flaunted her shit all over town like she was some Sharon Stone. Let's face it, Sid. Your mom is no Sharon Stone. You know, it's funny. I told my buddy, Jesse. Jesse. That I watched that movie. Jesse's a bit Does older than me. He's a bit older than you? Yeah, a bit older than me. Told him that we watched that movie. What was it called again? Scream. No. Oh. Basic Instinct. Basic, Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct, yes. yes. And <laughs> he just 
he starts like crossing his legs and uncrossing his legs right. and like recrossing his legs the other way like while we're talking and i'm like yeah yeah i see you but yes. did he tense his jaw and you're not wearing underwear you've got to tense your jaw or you're not doing that scene justice yeah <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. That's or sweating the, profusely. I was like, like, I was like yes, night. that's the scene everyone remembers. But no, it's better than that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure it is. I'm like, no, it is. He's never seen it. No, no, he's seen, oh, it, seen it. But okay. he, all he remembers is that because people like, haven't seen it. They that's all they know. Right. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you're totally selling this movie short. He didn't. He didn't want to watch American Beauty either. Because mm. he was like, no. Who is I, this dick? Yeah. Like seriously. God. I mean, no. He's like one of my favorite people. But like, gotcha. yeah. It's like, dude, hmm. if you think American Beauty was about like that, you're totally missing the point. He's like, right. no, I'm not missing the point. And I'm like, no, yeah, you are. <laughs> you are missing the point, bro. Here's the point, and you've missed it. Yeah, you're over here. <laughs> Points over here. You're Points over, over here. Are you coming? No, I can't even do that quote anymore because <laughs> George doesn't know what it is. So, Are you coming? Because the, tra- the train moves, not the station. <laughs> I don't know this. So I was trying to find something for this show, uh, a bit of information that still eludes me, but I hope at some point to maybe next week I'll have more information by then. There's a piece of information that I am missing that I know exists. Have you ever heard the story of how they discovered Neptune? Mm, no. No. Basically, the uh, physicists noticed behavior in space that indicated that somewhere over there, there had to be a planet, but they hadn't found a planet yet. But the gravitational behavior of other objects led them to believe, oh God, there's another planet out there. Mm. And then they found Neptune. Makes sense, yeah. So I'm looking for Neptune. they find Uranus? They already had Uranus. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is a classy podcast, you guys. My bad. Yeah, they had a firm, firm grip. Uh... So anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm looking for Neptune out here. Yeah, and I haven't found it yet. But I, that, that's my homework for next week is to hopefully find the connection. But anyway, in my hunt for Neptune, I found a quote that said, and it was unreliable sources like Wikipedia, IMDb, somewhere. They Tune were in. they were saying that David Warner was originally slated to play Freddy, and my head exploded, and I had to put it David back together Warner. in time for the show. The guy who gets the glass decapitation in the omen. Yes. One of my favorite actors for no reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As he Freddy Krueger. Like he could. Yeah. British Freddy yeah, Krueger. I, I don't know how that would have gone. That'd have been weird. Anyway, sit and think about that for a little while, because that hmm. that's hard to track. That brought something up. Do you know the history of how this movie came about, George? I know it's kind of like trivia stuff that Dan doesn't like no, to do. No, no, go no. But, let's no, but give let's George go the back to that. Let's go back to that quick quote that you said about the train leaving the station. Yeah. What is that from? Because a, a League of Their Own. I have seen that. Okay. I, Are you coming? See how it works? Is yes. The train moves, not the yes. station. Yeah. Good shit. Yes, I've seen that. Um, it's a fantastic flick. So apparently, <laughs> I've been on this Facebook page called Horror Movies. Okay. Where people like to troll each other and they say like classic movies are shit and and then watch people argue for an hour. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, I'm watching John Carpenter and boy, is that a shit movie? And then they just watch everybody go back and forth and be like, ah. Bunch of trolls. Yeah, just a bunch of trolls. So. Trolls trolling simpletons. 
<laughs> so apparently there was a guy on there who doesn't he he despises almost to the fact that he wants to hunt people down and kill them when they advertise or say that a movie is based on a true story when it's not okay a true story that's a really weird fetish or anti-fetish or whatever that is he was so angry his target was religious movies when they or not really like exorcism movies because he was an atheist so he's like it's not based on any truth i'm like well just because it says based on a true story doesn't mean that it's true it just means it's based on events that happened and or accounts you're on a list is what you're saying like you 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 put yourself on a list by engaging with this crazy person no i watched him go back and forth with other people and then i i kind of figured him out by the way he was talking he sounds like a fun person to troll i didn't have any interaction with him other than the fact that i was saying i was the person that said that certain events it's based on certain events it's not really based on the true story like exorcist was based on a different exorcism of a child. Yeah, but it, was it was a boy. Based on like this, this exorcism right. in Maryland or some shit. Yeah. yeah. He didn't want to hear any of that. So anyway, with this movie, it's based on a true, not a true story. What's this guy's name? We should tag him. I don't remember. We should add him. His name is. Uh, but Wes Craven apparently was reading in the newspaper that in Japan, was it Japan? I think it was Japan. People were dying in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, a bunch of cases, not just one. Like there was multiple cases of people dying in their sleep. Were they like getting sucked into their bed and shit? Like not sucked into their bed, but like just like dying blood, blood in their geysers? dreams, basically okay. having heart attacks in their sleep based on because their dreams were too traumatic intense. experiences that they were having. Like well, they were it was healthy people. Cambodia, which was it Cambodia? Cambodia, okay, okay, not Japan. Well, they should have taken a couple of those people aside and put some sensors on their chins to figure out on what was going chin. on. Chin sensor. <laughs> So it's kind of based on, he he took that idea and just kind of ran with it. Right. But So this is a historical movie, though. This is historical. This is exactly it's based what was going on in Cambodia. If if old Pauly V had put a chin sensor on Sharon Stone, uh, Stone. they would have detected her lie <laughs> when she clenched her jaw after saying she didn't kill that guy. Hmm? That's true. I, I like your stew impression there. It's pretty good. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Stared. <laughs> Stared. <laughs> so, now, Travis, you might have heard this before, but there's a quote I took from the New York Post. Now, if you understand why I'm hesitant to use anything from the New York Post. It's America's oldest newspaper. I mean, it's something. Uh, but anyway, there's a quote from old Wes Craven saying that Freddy Krueger's name comes from a bully who would beat up Wes Craven in elementary school. But it doesn't mm. say, was the kid's name Freddy? Was the kid's name Kruger? You know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really get into that. That's the whole quote that the, the name came from. Interesting. So here's the thing. Uh, there's a little movie from 1970 and two called The Last House on the Left, mm-hmm. which was written and produced and directed by Wes Craven and Sean Cunningham which makes it really interesting because it's like that nexus point between Hills Have Eyes and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. There's a killer in that movie played by David Hess, whose name is Krug Stillo. Hmm. Yeah. And he, of course, does all the things that Freddy is accused of in both yes. the original and the remake. 
and he taunts the hell out of the victims, verbally. So he was fleshing that character out a little bit. And so I wonder if the Krug in Krugastillo and the Krug in Kruger, if there is a, a connection there. Like, is that, you know, is the name of that bully somehow related to the Krug part? Because it shows up in both right. movies. So I'm getting that kind of feel, right? Mm. Here's the thing that blows my mind. And I this is my Neptune project. I don't have yet the connection that leads me to this. And it could just be a simple evolutionary thing where both Nightmare on Elm Street and this other movie reach back to Last House on the Left just because it's in the zeitgeist. And Krug is such a gross-sounding kind of, uh, you know, phoneme, like Krug, right? It's got like Mm -hmm. a, it sounds like a curse word in a foreign language, kind of. Here's the thing. Don't be such a Krug. Uh, I'm going to bleep that, actually. Why? You're not allowed to say it. Sounds that. like a curse word. <laughs> Don't be such a beep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, here's the thing. Movie comes out. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street comes out November sixteenth, nineteen eighty four. Which, by the way, is is after six months after Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Seven months after. Mm. So imagine, like the, uh, George, just think of the world where. You know, Jason's been hacked to pieces by a little boy. Where do we go yep. from here? Yep. It makes Nightmare on Elm Street seem like a pretty logical next step. Like, boom, right? And and they actually shoot Nightmare on Elm Street from June to July of 84. So after Friday 4 is out. So there's there's a good chance that some of these crew members saw Friday 4 and were just like, oh man, our movie's like poised to be the next big thing, right? Like we've done all we can do with mortal slashers just wait till we show them freddy pretty cool stuff mm-hmm. here's the thing that blows yep. my mind so no nightmare on elm street comes out in november of 84 a movie comes out about three weeks ahead of time october of 84 late october movie called silent madness comes out and if it weren't for nightmare on elm street coming out people might actually remember that silent madness was a, a movie that came out in 1984 it kind of gets uh, brushed out of the market. It's a 3D movie mm. shot by the same guy that shot Friday 3. So it's like it's got, you know, the technical side is handled by a familiar hand, but it's directed by the guy that did Nightmare. Have you ever seen Nightmare? No. Nope. So, okay, this is my bit for Nightmare. When I'm talking about Nightmare, I'm referring to the movie that's also known as Nightmares but not the nightmares from Australia that's also known as stage fright. Not that stage fright, the other stage fright. I'm talking about nightmares that's also known as nightmares in the damaged brain. Uh, you with me? <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me get my uh, abacus out. Yeah, no, you're going to need a flowchart to figure out what movie I'm talking about. Silent Madness. Like an FBI flowchart. Silent Madness yes. is directed by a guy named Simon Nuckturn. And that's a funny name. Uh, yeah. but he was the production manager of Nightmare that is also Nightmares that is not Nightmares <laughs> from Australia that is also known as Stage Fright but not the Stage Fright that I'm talking about. Anyway, we need more names for movies is what my thesis comes out to. In the movie Silent Madness, which comes out before Nightmare on Elm Street, which is shot before Nightmare on Elm Street is even in production, there is a character named Dr. Kruger, 
which is kind of mm. nothing, right? Like, that's just a funny thing. It's just a coincidence. Who kills people in their dreams. No, but, <laughs> but, I'm going to send you guys a link to a scene toward the end of this movie. Now, keep in is mind. wearing a striped sweater? I'm sending you guys a clip on YouTube. It's very short. I want you to listen to the score, what little score there is, and I want you to tell me what room this takes place in, in the movie Silent Madness. Probably a boiler room. Probably a boiler room. <laughs> hey, this is Dan in post. I'll link to the clip in our show notes, but for now, uh, we'll skip ahead to after they've seen the clip. Now, that movie is not very good. I don't recommend that you watch that movie because it kind of sucks. Although it does have one scene that involves like aerobics, gymnastics, and murder. It's like the perfect 80s moment. It's also in 3D. So, I mean, your mileage may vary with that experience. But, guys, I just showed you a movie that has Dr. Kruger and a taunting, kind of rapey killer guy in a boiler room. Mm. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Like, where does that come from? It can't be... Can we be... get John Carpenter on the phone and ask him? Well, and that's the thing. I the, the only thing I could think... I was working through who worked on these movies. And we do have a connection to the Carpenter movies because the producer of Halloween 2 and 3 also produced Nightmare on Elm Street. So you've got a Carpenter... Tom Wallace. Uh, John Wolf. Uh, so you've got this guy, Wolf, who is a producer on both franchises. So you have a like a Carpenter connection to... Craven, but I can't find any way that the people that made Silent Madness would have like insight. So it may just be one of those weird things where a little bit of Last House on the Left turns into Kruger. I don't know. I'm going to keep digging. Maybe like when was the Nightmare on Elm Street script written? We'll see. And that's. Maybe it bounced around and somebody stole. That's the thing. It could easily have, yeah. that could have happened. It depends on, yeah, that's the information we need is when, and, and what specific dates in 83 was Silent Madness made? Because they say it was made in 83, but like, give me more than that, guys. Because I don't think Craven was receiving the silent, was it silent what? Silent Night Madness. Night? Silent Madness. I don't think he was receiving that script. Silent, <laughs> comma, madness. madness. I wish there were commas. No commas. So it's like, uh, if anything, I'm assuming silent madness, comma deadly madness, deadly madness, part two. I would just wonder if silent, because silent madness is made by a bunch of like former pornographers. Like it's not gonna, these people aren't getting a lot of attention, right? It cannot be that anyone stole from them because I doubt outside of their own like mothers, anybody ever actually saw their movies or read their scripts. Mm. Uh, but. I, I wonder if they got to scoop somehow. Like, you know, they, mm. they found out about a script in progress. They saw some names. They saw some boiler rooms. And they thought, ooh, we'll beat them to the punch by making our movie even. Bastards. Yeah. I don't know. I, so, I, there's something here. Or there's nothing here. And I, I'm working on it to figure out, is there anything here? Well, there is there there. Well. And you'll find it. I'm confident uh, that you'll get to the bottom of this. I hope so. I and mean, you got to the bottom of the other stuff. I mean, the fact that you completely ruined Halloween for me. Do, do, do. Hey, but one thing I will say about Silent Madness, which is not a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it does have the girl from Friday 7, uh, the one who gets the axe in the belly. Mm. And she's, she's in that movie too. 
which is weird. Mm. Little uh, the the 80s were an interesting time for uh, the same five people to be in every movie, and then never <laughs> anything ever again. Uh, of course, Agents I'm referring to hard. Elizabeth Kaiten, Kaiten, who is uh, Aaron's favorite actress. Shout out to Aaron. Hey George, you've seen Kill Bills, right? The yeah. the Kills Bill, I think, is how you yes. pluralize those two movies. Absolutely. Now, if I were to tell you, uh, let's let's play a little uh, call and answer type game. Uh, hey George, my name is Buck, and I like to fuck. You know where that comes from? No. A movie called Eaten Alive, directed by Toby Hooper. I don't recommend it. Mm. Uh, Toby Hooper. Guy did Texas Hooper. Chainsaw. Yes. Uh, yes. The line. <laughs> no, I I recognize the name, but like yeah. I, I yeah. The guy who didn't direct Poltergeist. Yeah, the guy who was <laughs> right exactly who was adjacent right. to Steven Spielberg when they made Poltergeist. <laughs> In the movie Eaten Alive, which is directed, it, it's definitely directed by Toby Hooper. Like, there's no debate. This is definitely. Uh, <laughs> there's no Goonies bike rides. Yeah, it, this is definitely a Hooper. Now we're talking about the 1976 yeah. Eaten Alive, not the later Cannibal movie. Uh, gotcha. which is not directed by Toby Hooper. Um, anyway, that line about being buck and liking to fornicate de- delivered by a young Robert England playing a character named Buck. Wow. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's funny in the overdub or like the TV version of Kill Bill. I think it was a comedian. So I like trucks. No. <laughs> I like to truck. There's a comedian <laughs> who did a bit about like the TV overdubs. Yeah. And that line was, um, my name's Buck, and I like to party. (laughs) 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 That's funny. (laughs) I wish I could remember the comedian, because I like to give that dude credit for that joke. What what year was he eating alive? 76. Okay, so... Like I I met England watching V, which is like eighty one, and he played such a mousy. He was he was an alien in the movie, but he played like such a sweet guy, almost like uh, I guess like Data, but in the like the mindset of like a six year old, just a very very sweet guy, and to see him playing Freddy Krueger was just ridiculous off the chain. So if that's <laughs> Is his line in that movie, 76, you said, 74? 76. 76. Was, he likes to fuck. Hmm. He's got range. He's an actor, man. Like He's an actor. You don't get a lot of actors, but... He's like Shakespearean. He's real good. George, uh, your next movie, as we alluded to by telling you specifically last episode... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we didn't pull any punches. Yeah, your your next movie is Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Now, you knew that going in. Uh, where do they go from here? Like, how do you follow Ooh, this movie? Good question. I didn't even think of that. Mm. Well, uh, let's let's spitball a little bit. Where do you think let's you go from here? Because I guarantee you're not going to guess. <laughs> there are no body jumpings. Where are there? Uh, lizards. Where did the lizards Lizard go? Lizard people. 
Hmm. Yeah, you're They wrong. go to hell. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think maybe the pilot chair is affecting your uh <laughs> Yeah, I have no serious I'd... answer. Like what do you think? Where is it going? After what you watched? Where does it go next? I I honestly have no clue. Where do you want it to go? If you were making the sequel, what would you do? I got nothing, bro. You should have asked him an hour ago. I don't know. I honestly like I I don't know. Okay, this movie this was so different, hmm. dude. This is not. Okay. One thing that I did not say this movie was, which I normally do, about lots of movies, predictable. is predictable. Right. It's not. I don't know. I mean, I guess like more like I'm thinking more of the same, but I don't know. Maybe more. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, there's there's a scene in this movie I just absolutely love. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's seen the movie is just like, yep. Yeah, and the rest of us yeah. are just like, what? <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. Hmm. I might go home and watch it tonight. You said it's on HBO Max? Well, the, the first one's on HBO Max. I didn't check oh, to shit. see. I gave, I gave George my copy. Oh, no. We need to make sure before I leave. leave. <laughs> I'll have to bring it back. Nah, just take it. Buy a second copy. I'm going to. Well, I have the whole set. I'm going to rent it Ooh. on Prime Ooh. and listen to it in my headphones like oh. I did this one. Okay. Then I will take it with me. You do not get it. Travis can't ever be too far from his Nightmare 2. Well, I have to watch it. It's been about 10 years. That long, huh? Yeah. All right, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can also find us at Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod. And you can email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, be aware that we're also on every podcatcher imaginable. So, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, we're on all those and more. And hey, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you're like, man, I sure wish I could look at static images of the movies they're talking about check us out on youtube we're also there a uh, day and date we'll see you back next week for a nightmare on elm street part two freddy's revenge yo on monday i started work in haddonfield mm. and i ended the day in Voorhees. in Voorhees. nice no joke nice nice I realized something. We did not talk about something local in The Godfather. What was it? The Mushulu ship. I realized in Godfather 2 when young Victor Corleone. Victor. Arrives in New York City, the Mushulu. Who's Victor? I mean, Vito. Vito, Victor. Why did I say what Victor? What the fuck? His We're off to a bad start, start on this story. Start, start over. Godfather 2, when Vito Corleone arrives in New York City. Yes. The boat that crosses in front of the screen is, is the Mushulu. The SS Victor. <laughs> That's why you had that confused last time. Uh, it's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? Fuck. 
Speaking of that shit. All right, one more time. Uh, I'm going to start calling out Dan and Post, by the way. And cut. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't get to have arguments on your own time. Dan and Post is having fun, guys. You know what's funny? He's is a surly bastard. All right, let's put this in the podcast somewhere. This is, you know what Dan and Post is? A dick. No, 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 no. You know what Dan and Post is? What? It's Dan having an argument with himself with, no, having an argument with imaginary Travis in the shower and he's like, oh, that's what I, I'm going to record that. That's going to be a Dan and Post. So like, you know how like everyone has like arguments in their head in the shower and they yeah, like come yeah. up with like the best shit? I should have said this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's like Dan's got an outlet for that. It's called Dan and Post. Dan and Post. But it's, it's more, it's more malicious than that. He sits it's, in silence while we're talking. <laughs> well, no, it's because he, he doesn't think of it until he's in the shower. And then I hear him smirking. And then he hits me with Dan and Post. <laughs> it's a little different. Because <laughs> you notice there's like 10 minutes go by and he doesn't say anything. And then he moves on to the next thing and he realizes he's just going to so attack he's, it he's Dan co- and Post. He's composing. He's like yeah. taking notes and like. Yeah. Like Dan, Dan and Post fiendish, for fiendishly the writing. Shining. Yeah. Uh, out of control. <laughs> I should really, I should really listen to this podcast, huh? It's a pretty yeah. funny podcast. You you would like it, George. Yeah, you should probably listen to your own fucking show. What are you, Johnny Depp? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen any of my movies, man. Uh, yeah, kind uh, of. 